Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, I've been doing some interviews lately with some wonderful people who have some really, really applicable experiences so that we can hear, you know, how to make our lives better. How do we address things that we don't know how to address? And also to feel like we're not alone. The interview series is titled, you know, You're Not Alone. So I wanted to be able to showcase people that could reach out to everyone and say, you know what, there's other people that feel like you. There's other people that have gone through what you've gone through. Let's pull together. Let's learn together and kind of pull together as a community and just get healthier uh, in so doing. Well, today I have a guest that I'm very excited to hear what he has to say. His name is Todd Nyholm, and he is a somatic therapist, somatic, S-O-M-A-T-I-C, therapist, who, through personal experience, has discovered the undeniable relationship between mind and body. And by the way, I'm really excited to hear about this because I'm totally on board. I see that all the time, and especially when you do trauma work. Oh my gosh, so I'm excited. Now, Todd's studies have made him an expert in all types of therapy, from visceral manipulation and craniosacral to acupressure, shiatsu, and reflexology. His nitality, I'm going to spell that, N-Y-T-A-L-I-T-Y method, offers people the solutions they need to live a healthier and happier life. Well, that's right up our alley. A few more things about Todd. Basically, since 2002, he has run a somatic therapy practice and continues his holistic education by maintaining his studies at the renowned South Florida Baral and Upledger Institutes. He helps people get healthier by using the methods learned at the institutes and those he developed himself during his earlier years when searching for answers to his own emotional and physical challenges. Now, I want to throw in here real quickly before we turn it over and get to listen to all this wonderful stuff Todd's going to share. He has his first book called, now listen to this, Ah, Food, Why Do You Trouble Me So Much? We could just stop right there, just have a whole whole podcast right on that. But he shared his 14 mental and emotional steps to help understand what sabotages hmm, diet, weight, and health goals beyond just the poor food choices. And his actionable, which I love that, actionable and fresh insights to holistic wellness have been featured on how not to get sick and die. That's a good thing. Health Media Now, Wellness Radio, and Food Experience Unplugged, among others. So we are going to give Todd a big Phoenix and Flame welcome and get to hear. Todd, welcome to Phoenix and Flame. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to talk with you. I really enjoy your work. Well, thank you so much. So where did all this kind of get started with your interest in this? Because it's really about somatic and the, the, how the body and the mind is connected together. Where did you first start kind of getting interested in that? 
Well, it only starts when I was a child because I had two sort of major traumas going on at the same time. So I had a few health problems that I probably got when I was four or five, and I didn't really get them diagnosed until about five years ago. So I was trying to figure some of that out on my own and, and get myself through some of the problems I had. It took me over 50 doctors to get some help. And so I was trying to keep myself together as I went through all of that. Um, and ultimately, that turned out to be some problems with tick infections and then damaging my immune system and then more parasites and things showing up in my body. About five years ago, I found someone who could diagnose it and we took some time to go through it. So a big part of it was trying to heal myself. Um, the second part, and maybe this speaks to the emotional stuff a bit more, is um, there was this kind of crazy serial killer guy that lived in my neighborhood who really had interest in me. So I was trying to deal with him while not having much help because he openly threatened everyone I knew and all that stuff if I said much. So that, that twin combination of what was going on in my body and what was going on emotionally and mentally led me kind of on a lifelong quest to solve some of the problems for myself. So over the years, I studied everything I could find from anywhere I could find. If it was cutting edge or if it was 4,000 years old, I would try to make it work for myself. And then uh, I kind of built a whole system off that to help myself get through life in an interesting and useful way. So that's how I ended up here. Oh my goodness. It definitely sounds like you had reasons and motivations in the very beginning. And, you know, as usual with any guest or, you know, any listener or whatever, you know, feel free to talk about what you would like to talk about. And because especially I'm very sensitive, you mentioned earlier traumas, but I'm very sensitive to people's you know, what they want to share and what they don't want to share. Like I said, I, I'm a psychotherapist and I deal with people with trauma a lot. And I'm very, very sensitive to making sure that people share what they want and not feel like pushed and pulled to share anything that they don't. But if, if you're comfortable sharing any of that, and then also this serial killer in your neighborhood, understanding kind of the underpinnings of what what kind of got you going in this direction and set you up to learn all that you've learned. Yeah. And I think it's kind of helpful to talk about a little bit. And so I'm happy to talk about some of it because there might be someone out there like me who feels totally alone, you know? And so I do make a point to kind of bring it up on occasion because I know there's got to be a few people that are going through some crazy things and they feel totally alone and they're looking for answers everywhere they can like me. And I've spent a lot of time working on it and I had a wonderful therapist and I've spent a lot of time working through my body and, and you know, a lot of those things. So I've come to a, a really good place with it and really made the most out of it. So I'm happy to share whatever would be useful for you and your guests too. So. Okay. Well, and I like the way you presented that because really this interview series, like I said earlier, you're not alone. It really does reach out to people because we have to think, you know, somebody might be listening that is in a very similar position that I was in at that time. And they might be, like you said, feeling very like I'm all by myself. That's one of the reasons why I started this interview series was because I kept hearing my patients saying, well, I just feel like I'm the only one that struggles with this. Now, I knew they were not, but because of confidentiality, I was very limited in what I could share. But I thought I wanted to have a, a platform where I could get the, the word out there to people that maybe they are going through something and feeling so alone and don't just think there's something wrong with them to say, you know what? No, there's nothing wrong with you and you're not alone. And to give examples and they can hear people that have gone through different things and think, you know what? They made it. If they made it, Maybe I can make it. And how did they make it? What is something, you know, generally what they went through and, and what helped them kind of pull through that and not just give up? 
Yeah, and I think it's a big deal. It's one of the things I love most when I started researching your podcast before I was going to come on is I had heard you say that once or twice. And I was like, boy, I'd love to be a part of that because um, my story is a little unusual mm. and I've done pretty well with it, all things considered, I'd say. And so I have some things to share with people in lots of different places in their life. So and that's why I started writing books and, and putting my work together is like, how do I share this with other people now that I have it? Okay. So is there anything that you want to, since we're like have this platform right now on, on the podcast with regard to how it all started? Or like I said, if you're not comfortable with that, that's totally cool too, because everyone is at a different stage on their journey. And I've said that before my podcast to not, we don't judge other people because everybody's at their own journey and feels comfortable sharing different things at different places. You bet. I think one of the, excuse me, one of the things that was really important for me to figure out is the combination of the factors that can affect you. So it's so easy to think, oh, I'm just going to work on my mind, or I'm just going to work on my emotions, or I'm just going to work on my body or a spiritual kind of context. And when you've been through some heavy duty trauma, or you've been in 30 or 40 years of pain, chronic pain, or things like that, or you're struggling with your weight, or you're struggling with the thoughts that might be braiding yourself with, or the emotions that just seem to come out of nowhere, you can really use the different parts of yourself and work together to make something happen. And so you know, dealing with some of the trauma that I went through that was mental and emotional, and then some of the physical stuff together, they really kind of push on each other. Um, and so getting yourself uh, to a better place when you've gone through all that, if you can find a way to work with your body, with your emotions, with your mind, with maybe a spiritual journey all together, I think that can be really helpful um, for putting yourself back together after you've burned down a little bit, you know, and so a lot of the things that I'm trying to put together are means to directly do that. So I try to make every step actionable and I try to give a mental piece and an emotional piece and, and something a little bigger for you to work on all together. Because if you leave one of the sections out, I think it, it can drag you back, particularly over the years. So there's a lot of things that were just tough for me to figure out what to do because of the position that I was in. Um, and you can use that too, even if this, this may be a little rough to hear in a certain way, but if you're chained in a basement to a wall, there's still things that you can do with your mind and with your emotions and with your body and with your breathing. So there's always an option and there's always a choice. And if you feel totally stuck, you're not. There's things you can do. There's things you can learn. People that can help you, great therapists and things, um, somatic therapists like myself that can really help move you forward. So um, wherever you're at, the, the, the place to start is, hey, I can do something from here. I can think some new thoughts. I can work on some new emotions. I can change my body in a certain way and make your life better through your own efforts. And that's a huge thing. I don't think a lot of people get that message. Somehow everyone's been kind of disempowered and they feel like everything's sort of happening to them. And it's not really the case, at least in my experience. You bring up a really good point is just all the different areas, all the different components that are involved. When you think of holistic because I, I remember, you know, telling my patients numerous times that you're not just a body or just emotions or just your thoughts or just your spirituality. It's where all of that is connected together. I remember giving a very basic example saying, you know, when you're embarrassed about something, that isn't, that's a feeling, that's an emotion. And yet many times your face turns bright red. So it's just kind of, that's a very physical thing, a physical manifestation of what your emotions are. And so I think it's such a good idea. And the example that you gave, you know, you could be chained to a concrete basement, but there's other aspects of your mind that you can use and your body to, to kind of overcome. Because to be honest, I mean, I think using that as an analogy, I think some people feel 
as if they're chained in a, you know, in a basement. They might not physically be chained in a basement, but they feel like they are based on what's, you know, what their relationships are like, what their life is like. They might feel that they are, you know, metaphorically chained in a basement. And so being able to learn these different components and these different methods that you're talking about to help feel stronger, to help them know they can, they can move forward is just amazing. Yeah, just being chained to a wall, that's a great metaphor, just like you said, for that reason. You know, it really describes it well. And yeah, there is, there is totally people that feel as if they're chained to a wall and for all different kinds of reasons. <laughs> you know, they're in weird relationships or they might have a level of depression or, or overwhelming anxiety and they it just feels like they're chained to a wall and they don't know how to get out of that. You mentioned, because I was doing you know, some more look into what you offer and what you've learned and what you're trying to teach people. And you mentioned the healthy life ladder. Is that something that then you would be interested in sharing with the listeners? Sure. Um, One of the things I was really trying to do was set up a series of steps, like a ladder that you could use to work through your mind and your emotions and your body and some aspects of your nervous system and your brain um, all together in a way that function like rungs on a ladder. So if you started on step one, then you would learn something about how your musculature works and you would learn something about how like one specific emotion worked. And in this case, um, I usually would use courage or confidence or something. So you define it for yourself. And then you might use a, a mental consideration like I can do this. And so you reprogram that into your system in a new way. And so the way I put that into my second book, which has a similar title to the first, which is Ah Brain, Why Do You Trouble Me So Much? And those titles just make me laugh. But I put a lot of that into the second book, you know, sort of at a big level, like here's um, some big lifelong things to look at, where my first book was really specific about here's how diet goes. And I was kind of learning how to write and, and give some people some things that they could use right now, because I know so many people struggling with weight. It's It's an amazing thing how many people are struggling with that right now. So um, each one of the books that I've been writing um, is built off that healthy life ladder in different ways. Although the third book is a little bit of a a derivation, a little bit different because it works directly with some methods for triggering your nervous system to help you get out of trauma. And that'll be the next one I put out. I just finished writing it next week. So it's a little bit different, but I'm building off that healthy life ladder in some other ways. to give people some tools to use. So it gets a little, you know, you got to kind of go piece by piece and rung by rung because I really did try to make it really comprehensive. Um, And so the ladder has 18 steps now um, and they're in the second book and we could talk more about specifics, but it's helpful to go through each rung together, you know, and so it took me a little, a little bit of page and writing to get it all out in one place. And so it's my hope to give that to as many people as I can, as efficiently as I can. So through books and through classes and through videos that I'm putting up in different places for people who just need it now and need some way to get at it. So once I put it all together, I was just trying to find the best way to give it to people all over the world if I could. So someone in India could find it or someone here, whatever, because I can only work with one person at a time in the clinic because I've got my hands on them and I'm talking to them and I'm working with them and going back to your thing about the emotions in the body, because I have my hands on people, I can ask them something about their work environment or their relationship and immediately feel what happens in their body and say, oh, okay, this is a pretty rough situation for them. And where is that locked up and why are they having this pain over here? And so there's a lot of cool things. And so the books, and that is a way of reaching more people in a bigger and more interesting way. So all that's sort of built off that healthy life ladder. And then the somatic therapy I use is built off that too. So they all kind of stack together. Um, to help you remember and work with it. And I am going to make sure that I get all of your 
books and you know your website and everything and i'm definitely going to put all those things in the show notes so Great. you know the listeners can access those so i'm putting myself in the position of of a listener and listening to you what is something that you can share that would really pique my interest to make me, you know, can you give an example, like take us through a, you know, hypothetical or something like that, that would really pique an interest in wanting to go buy the books or something like that to understand kind of like what, what steps are you talking about and, and how does this impact us and how is it making a difference? Sure. The first step I always recommend is getting people to have, to take some of their attention during their daily life and put it on themselves. So that's really step one in everything. And it's an interesting metaphor. You know, you can look at some of the things in history where you have these figures who had lost an eye or they had one eye turned inside like Odin. And one of the things I think they were trying to display in some of the ancient traditions was you should have as much attention on you as you do in your outside world during your daily life. And so this was the first step of everything I did. So like I'm talking to you, but I'm not forgetting that I have a body. And I'm talking to you and I'm watching what my mind is doing a little bit. And I'm talking to you and I'm looking at the lights and making sure everything's right. All these different things that we're doing during our daily life. But I'm also like, okay, what are my emotions doing? It's like I'm putting myself in my own film in a way. Or I have part of my attention in the outside and the outside, inside and outside of my world collectively. And I think this is one of the greatest things to start with, even before we got into some of the more complicated steps where we're working on, here's how to build the muscle. Here's how you change your nervous system. Here's how you can change some aspects of your diet. Here's how you can build a ladder to move up sort of an emotional kind of change, starting from terrible depression and then moving yourself up closer to curiosity and then going from curiosity to um, something a bit more like enthusiasm. And then how do you build it up so you can get to something like ecstasy, which to get to that, you're going to need a bunch of changes in your nervous system. And this goes back to that thing of how you put them all together. If you really want to feel some of those things and change how things are working inside, you start to change different parts of you together or the parts will bring you back down. So if you really want to have some of those high flying emotions, you can't really live on potato chips and Coke and gummy bears all the time, you know? And so you have to change your diet to change your emotions in some way. And then you got to work with your emotions to change your diet. And as you put it all together, you can really lift yourself up. But going back to that core concept of watching yourself and putting yourself in your own movie, that's where it all starts. And you have to not judge because once you start judging, your emotions are going to take over, your nervous system is going to trigger, you're going to get kind of into that flight or fight or flight mode. And then your brain waves are going to get into this high beta and you're going to be totally like upset about yourself. You got to just watch for a while and whatever comes up, just, just kind of watch it and observe it, see what's going on. You're probably doing better than you think, you know, don't harass yourself too much. We kind of learned that when we were kids, you know, people kind of hard on each other and you pick it up and you probably learned it before you had a chance to say, you know, I, I don't think that's for me. I don't think I'm that terrible, but you kind of picked it up when you were four and maybe someone was mad at you and they said something in the heat of the moment that you've thought for 30 years, you know, oh, this is who I am. And it's not, it was, that person was having a bad day, but it went into your mind before you had the critical faculty to be like, you know, that's just not true about me at all. And so you kind of got to observe all that stuff first, and then you'll kind of work your way through it. And then you can kind of figure out what's going on inside and then work with methods to help yourself. Or if it's overwhelming, working with a great therapist is huge. Um, but there's a lot of cool things you can do on your own and then a lot of wonderful people that can help you. But it really helps at first to get a sense of yourself because um, we're all taught so much to please others and to do things for the way the culture does. And that's it's a little tough to get yourself back out of. 
I told Todd before we started recording that I was going to be taking notes as he talked. And the, this whole time he's talking, I'm like just maniacally taking notes over here because the, everything that you're saying, because I'm thinking, okay, first of all, the whole watching yourself and not judging, that is huge. I don't know. I can't even count how many times I take my patients through this drill where you just observe, you know, look at, look at it from a point of curiosity, look at it from a point of, well, isn't that interesting or isn't that curious, but just observe, just observe your behavior, observe your thoughts and feelings, stop the judgment thing. Because then I, I say you, you jump in the shame shower, say so you jump in the shame shower, get out of the shame shower, just observe what you're doing and, and stop. Because like you said, when you start judging, now comes all this negativity, all this kind of stuff that comes along with it. So that was amazing. And really also when I was listening to you talk about some of the, I guess what we could call higher level emotions that quite frankly, for some reason, a lot of us don't reach like enthusiasm and ecstasy and those kind. It just feels like the majority of us are just trudging through life. We're just trying to keep going. It feels like we're walking through thick mud and we're just trying not to sink. We're just, it feels like quicksand kind of, and we're just trying not to sink. And the idea that we could actually be enthusiastic about something, the, the idea that we could actually feel joy or ecstasy about something feels like a dream. It feels like we left those emotions behind long ago in maybe childhood, assuming we had a decent childhood, which a lot of us did not. You know, and just the idea that we can, that that's a possibility, I find really amazing. <laughs> I did too. And it was something that I was really curious about because I was reading these stories about yoga masters who talked about being able to create these amazing states in themselves. And then I watched the people I knew and they were rarely, if ever, even happy, let alone ecstatic or full of serenity or, or peaceful or all these really interesting emotions that maybe you hear about, but you're like, have I seen anyone that actually feels that way? You know? And so even as a kid, it became a big quest. I'm like, I want to feel those things. I, I know what misery is like. I'd rather not stay here. How do I find, how do I find my way out of this? Right. You know? And, and so that really got me searching. That is amazing. Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at your, your different thing. You have just accomplished so much. And I know you have so much available in your books. So I'm just thinking, what are some last tips, words of wisdom, anything? Maybe if you're, if there's a listener out there or some listeners out there who are where you were maybe 15, 20 years ago, what would you like to share with them to, to make that connection and then they can further that that education by, you know, going and getting your books and reading what all that you've learned and, and you know, shared and that kind of thing. But what would your words of wisdom be? You know, at this point, what I would tell people is that no matter where you are and no matter what people have said and no matter what situation you find yourself in, you have power to change it. And you can take that power back starting from the inside and moving your way out. Typically, typically people try to do it on the outside. They're like, oh, I can get other people to treat me this way, or I can go get a degree and do it that way. And that's possible, but it's a little easier to go from the inside and look at yourself and start building things up. And once you take that attitude, there's a bunch of tools that you can use and mine are going to be out there and I'm going to get out as many as I can, as fast as I can. And I'll put them all over the place, you know, in videos and books and classes and things. But essentially you got to like really believe and you got to create this belief in yourself because you've been 
you've been taught a doubt in who and what you are that you can't do things by people in a lot of ways that gained ease or power by convincing you of that. And it's like, we want you to be quiet. So just sit down, you know, and you're like, okay, we don't want to hear what you're saying. You're just a kid, be quiet or whatever, or you get to a certain place. And this actually happened to me at one point, someone told me I'd never accomplish anything because I'm a redhead and redheads are inferior. And it was one of my teachers in school. And you're like, you know, you, you look at that when you're like 23 and you're like, what? That doesn't even make any, that's totally <laughs> ridiculous, right? You got to like re-empower yourself inside. And that's the first step to a lot of things. Oh my gosh, that, I just love everything that you just said. And it really kind of gets back in a way to something, again, uh, Todd and I were talking about before the recording started. I was sharing that I'm going to be starting some video clips called The Boundaries Queen, uh, literally bought a crown, because I love boundaries. And for those that you all have listened to my podcast episodes, you know, I can't hardly get out of an episode without talking about boundaries, because it's just so ubiquitous. It's so pervasive. And Todd, what you were just saying, you know, we go through life and other people have their thoughts and their feelings and, and but they like push it on us and we just accept it. Like, like what they said is gospel truth, that we don't have a right to our own thoughts or our own feelings. We just have to just accept whatever they say about us, and that just must be true. And so learning how that there's actually a fence line and, and we get to create our own idea. But I think for some people, it's um, it's hard because they've heard so many negative opinions of them and so, so much negative feedback for so long that they have a hard time. For example, I was talking to someone at one time that had very low self-esteem and we were talking about walking into a room like you had some value. And she was looking at me and her head was kind of cocked to the side. And she says, but I hear you, but I don't know what that feels like. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that feels like to walk into a room and feel good about myself. And so we had to really step back and, you know, do some work with that. So that's kind of what I hear you saying on some level. Oh, yeah. And you, you might have to start like almost from the beginning and think I'm going to break a bunch of things down. Yeah. And, and observation will help if you just start to see it. And you're like, why does this thought come up? I don't think that's true. You know, and then maybe you don't know what it feels like. And so that's a good time to work with your body. So you walk into a room and you stand up straight and you just look straight ahead and that will start to create that feeling inside you because you've changed your posture. Cause, and I do this too, or at least I used to, I walk into a room and kind of put my head down cause I didn't want to be noticed because being noticed when I was a kid put me in a pretty bad position and it's taken me a long time to break myself out of that. And at first I couldn't get the feeling. So I was like, well, I can mimic a physical position. I can get my body up. I can get my diaphragm to relax. I can just walk in like I'm looking at a horizon. And if you just do that for five seconds and you do it every time you walk through a door threshold, you'll do it without thinking about it. And then you'll start to feel the emotion come up within you. But it, it totally does help to see it in yourself. You're like, oh, wow, I don't think this about myself. Where did that come from? Or I do think these crazy things that I don't see in my own behavior. So where did they come from? Oh, wow. This is so exciting. Todd, I have so enjoyed talking with you. And I know my listeners are going to be so excited to access. And again, I, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. So it'll, it'll be there and it can get access, you know, through iTunes or just go to phoenixinflame.com. It's going to be all listed there. So exciting to, to get access to these steps that you have walked through yourself, that you've learned and you kind of came at it from a place of, of need and experiencing the, the trauma and going through that and try to figure out how do I, you know, use all of these components, the holistic 
you know, view of my mind, my feelings, you know, my body, spirituality, all kinds of stuff to get to a healthy and strong place. Guys out there, as always, if anything that Todd has shared today and you know us talking together has meant anything to you, if it's if you think it would be meaningful to someone that you know of, maybe a coworker or a friend or family member, tell them about it. Share this podcast, put it on your social media pages, you know, share it through email. You can go to phoenixandflame.com and you can leave comments, you can leave a question. If you have a, a possible episode that you would like to hear us do in the future, you can also leave that as well. So I hope everyone out there has a wonderful rest of your day. And this is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.